Hello, and welcome to Indie Radio, broadcast number 51. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show, which is here to bring you interviews with both large and lesser-known developers, recap the latest news, debate about topics in indie gaming, and to give you some tips and tricks for your journey into game development. Again, today is December 20th, 2014, and I will be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the U.S. East Coast. Hi, I'm Sean Pierre, and also, I'm a Blue East Coast, also a developer, my name is, uh, and uh, my studio name is Origami. Wait, how do you pronounce it? Um, Origami, O-R-I-G-A-M-I-N-C. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I saw the site earlier, and I was like, how, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I go back and forth on it, just to keep things, uh, interesting <laughs> and confuse everybody yeah yeah you know it's funny and then and then sometimes people say it in a completely different way and i think hey that sounds really cool so maybe i might use that one in the future as always we start off with uh our news and there's really not too much uh going on right now um twine 2 was released and that's a pretty big thing for anybody that's interested in making twine games which are uh, from my understanding mostly text-based games um I don't know if they they can put in images, but the, the new version's out. Uh, it's no longer a standalone application. It's now a web application that you can download and use offline. Uh, but everything is uh, inside the browser now, meaning that's completely cross-compatible uh, between Windows, Mac, Linux, Android tablets, uh, iOS. You might even be able to pull it up on like an old BlackBerry uh, phone from... 2005. I don't know. Uh, so all of all those, all these different systems can now run Twine, meaning that you can you can take it on the go. You can work on your games wherever you are, which is really cool. Um, there's there's a bunch of new features because it's 2.0, uh, and I don't I don't know Twine system or Twine system too much, so I can't go into those details in in great length, uh, but. Uh, there's a new story format. Format. Oh my god, I can't talk today. Uh, Har- called Harlow, uh, which has documentation for it. You can also use another format called Snowman, and they have documentation already complete for all the new features in Twine 2.0. And I think that's it. Uh, if anybody listening in uh, has any more news stories, tweet it to us, and uh, we can check it out. Um, but no, it's it's been a pretty quiet December. Uh, there was PlayStation Experience earlier this month, uh, and I guess that's how we'll lead into the interview. So, Sean, you're at PlayStation Experience. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, I was there, and it was it was really great. It was really, really great. Um, it was in Vegas um, at the plot. So, um, and you know, there were a ton of you know. What people call triple A games, and then there were a bunch of uh, indie game developers. There were there were a lot of indie game developers, and there were some really really great titles that I just have seen and haven't got a chance to play. But uh, finally got a chance to play during the hearing, such as uh, The Witness was there. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a driving game called Distance that was there. Um, I really like. Uh, there there are a lot of great games. There. Nice. Yeah. No, I've been waiting for The Witness for ages. We, we had John on the show ages ago, and he's like, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll come out next year in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's almost 2015. Yeah, yeah, that game will be done when it's done. And then, I mean, it'll be good from where I play. It'll be an experience, definitely. But mm-hmm. it'll, it'll just, it's best if that game takes its time. Yeah. So you brought your game. Uh, it's Hinka Twist Caper. Did I say yeah. it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Correct. Uh, yeah, I brought Hinka Twist Caper to PlayStation Experience, and I guess I should explain it. Um, Hinka Twist Caper is a physical game, and it uses uh, currently it uses PlayStation Move controllers. And um, what you do is you, it's a multiplayer game, so you and a group of people always stand kind of close to each other and. Your goal is to twist and turn and point your controller until you find the secret way to hold it, and you'll know it's the correct secret way because the controller will vibrate a lot and the little bulb will light up really bright. And when you keep it there, you'll fill up a meter, and when your meter's full, you or your team will win the game. But the big hook is that because it's a physical game, you know, you're allowed to interfere with your opponent. So you can use your free hand to mess them up while with your controller hand, you know, 
find your or secret orientation and then everyone else is doing the same thing. So it turned into a really kind of awkward standing up twister type match. It it turns out into a little non non fighting brawl. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's kind of touching but not really and they're trying to avoid each other. Um and it gets really funny, especially when you see people who really know each other play together. <laughs> uh, this one time I was in New York and at an event called Come Out and Play. And there were these friends, and when someone jumped on their friend's back, and um, it was really funny and kind of awkward, but mostly funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was... Like, after after I played it at Indiecade, um, I already saw how close people would get, even though they didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. Um like we were, we were up in each other's faces, like trying to get our legs between each other, trying to throw us off balance and everything. Yeah. And yeah, really if you have friends, how how crazy would that get? Yeah, uh, with some friends. Well, I did play with uh, some friends a while ago, and I was testing it really, really early. And they, I mean, these friends are kind of violent, so they just abandoned the game and just tackled each other. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, with friends, people are a bit more. Um, I don't know. Okay, I want to say people are, are a bit more okay with interaction, mm-hmm. but but um, when I do play and there are strangers, it's really interesting because at the beginning, everyone starts off super polite, you know, trying to not really do anything too much, not trying to touch each other or trying to, you know, slightly touch other, move, move other people out of the way. But then when the competitiveness kicks in, things just amplify incredibly quickly mm-hmm. and then every, everybody just starts going after each other and then that's when I think it's the most enjoyable. I think the uh, the game would be really great for parties. Like <laughs> that's probably what you what you intended it to be for, but Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a party game. I mean and if someone wants to take it seriously, you know, make a league out of it, they're <laughs> welcome to do that, but <laughs> but I I'm okay with it being a party game. H T C uh, league, yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, did you say that, or before the show, you said something about uh, a story at the the PlayStation experience? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so at the PlayStation experience, you know, there 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 are PlayStations everywhere, everywhere, and you know, PlayStation or the DualShock connects via Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there are so many Bluetooth signals, a lot of people had to use wires to connect their <laughs> controller to the PlayStation. But my game, unfortunately, you can't really use wires because that would cause a big mess. Everyone would twist mm-hmm. and turning and pull the controllers. It would just be, be awful. So while everyone was able to compensate for lag issues because uh, with their wires, there were points in time where my game would crash in a way because the booth there was just, there were too many signals and it would be too much lag and then the control would drop out. Oh. Um, so yeah that was a problem. So someone I forget who now but suggested that I protect my space with aluminum foil. <laughs> so so um as we're talking about it, the more people I talked about it, the more convinced I was that it was gonna work. So I bought I went to a Walgreens, and it was, I don't know, it was like 1 or 2 in the morning, and um, I bought almost all their aluminum foil. It sounded really too much, but it was a lot of aluminum foil. Um, and I mean, it was great, because everyone was everyone in Walgreens was just staring at me, thinking I was going to do something crazy. The cashiers kept on asking me what I was trying to build. They thought I was going to build a prank. Someone, uh, someone thought I was going to build a pipe. Someone thought I was going to build a prank. It was... It was really confusing, um, and I didn't really have to explain it, so all I did was just say, no, I'm not doing that, as opposed to trying to explain what I was doing. Uh, so then, on Sunday, I yeah, I lined the walls of the booth with aluminum foil, and for the most part, it actually, it worked. <laughs> it's so cool. That's, that's the best part. It, and um, there were times where it did fail, but I think those times we... I moved out of the space trying to test and see what would happen, but every time people stayed in the space, it seemed to work properly. So, of course, you know, it, it, I would have to test it again in another environment and do a whole bunch of stuff to 
that's actually proof that it did work, but for the sake of having a cool story, I'm going to say it worked hard. Um, because <laughs> it's aluminum foil. Wow. <laughs> aluminum foil. Did, did you make yourself a hat, too? To no, keep the no, aliens I was going to. <laughs> I was going to, but I just, I forgot. I kept on saying I was going to do it, and then I just never did it. But I, it was, I had so much aluminum foil. It was kind of awesome, actually. So how many, how many boxes did you end up buying, then? At least ten. At least ten, yeah. At least ten. And I think I only used half of it. Um, I really underestimated how much um, was in each roll. I didn't measure the space, and I didn't really take a look. I just bought ten. I mean, and they weren't that expensive, but I probably should have done some measurement <laughs> before I bought a ton of aluminum foil. Eh, lifetime supply, whatever. You know what? You can bring it to your next event, too, just in case. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <this is> not... <laughs> that would have been really cool if I could build maybe like a little foil dome or something and then just have the game played in there. <laughs> it could become signature with the game. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad that we, we waited to uh, save that one for the show. That was a good story. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's going to be fun to talk for a while, definitely. Yeah, no, that, I, I can't see that one being topped. <laughs> so you also worked on a game called These French Fries Are Terrible Hot Dogs, which was on Kickstarter earlier this year. It achieved funding on January 10th. So you want to yeah. bring a little insight on what that's about? Yeah, yeah. Kick, um, Kickstarter. Uh, These French Fries Are Terrible Hot Dogs is, um, yeah, yeah, more of a party social card game. More along the lines of an apples to apples, um, or I guess a card against humanity, where you have a group of people, at least three, and one person takes a card from the top of the deck, um, that's face down, they put it face up, and let's say that card says, um, hot dogs. Everyone else then takes a card from their hand, and they put it face down, and their job is to convince the, the judge that the card they put face down is the same one that the judge put face up but they're only allowed to use true information about the card they put face down. So, let's say the judge picked up a card at face up and it was uh, hot dogs, and I played a card face down, and let's say it's french fries. I'm not allowed to say the name of my card or the name of the card the judge put down. So I would say, you know, this is a, this is a food, um, and it's best served warm, and you put toppings like chili, or you put cheese on it, and uh, it, it's, it's really good, it's salty, and... Too much of it's not good for you. And that's true about french fries and it's true about hot dogs. So then someone else can um, put down a card, and let's say that card is toilet paper, and they're trying to convince the judge that their card toilet paper is hot dogs. They could say, you know, this can be made out of recycled materials, um, because it's true about hot dogs, and yeah. it's true about, about um, toilet paper being made out of recycled materials. So there's a lot of improv and people trying to find similarities and you have to be really creative sometimes to actually pull it off. I've seen some really good people make really, really great comparisons between, you know, pillows and tables and horses and a bunch of things. Um, and there are people who win the game in, in surprisingly awesome fashion. Um, and the point of the game is to lose all your cards because every time you win around, you lose a card. Um, everyone takes a new card, you don't. So you're down one card, you lose all your cards, you win the game. Sweet. So, is this a completely solo project, or are you working with others on this? So, um, the game design is on me. A friend of mine did the art because he saw my original art design and told me that it was terrible. So, he decided to save me from suffering and my and made uh, the design for me. Sweet. Yeah, it, it's been it's been a fun project. I mean, I did the Kickstarter and I was able to do. Um, last year actually was at Syndicate with it, and then I was at PAX, um, really? at East, um, because in the Mega Booth now is a tabletop section. Oh! Is, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, so I was there for that, and it's been fun, it's been fun. Nice. Yeah, so how's the Kickstarter going? That is not going as well as I would like to be going. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it... There's some card issues that I ran into. Basically, 
the um, the colors are not as consistent as they should be. So right now I'm basically working on getting them reprinted, and that's that's the big roadblock. Everything else is fine, except for the consistency consistency of the cards. For example, um, you know, there's a deck of all gray cards, and the grays are different in between each card. Mm. So yeah, so I mean, once that gets all worked out, then then I'll be able to send it out to all the backers, which I'm really, really, really can't wait to do. Yeah, I really wish I would have backed this. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was last Christmas season. I didn't have any money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you did make 500% of your goal. That's that's really good. nice and impressive. Yeah, it's cool. It makes me a little nervous, but... Uh... Yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, I had a lot of help. I had a, I had a lot of help with the Kickstarter, just you know, promoting it and making sure everything looked right. I mean, the, the community in Philly has been really, really helpful. And then I have, I've made some friends along the way in game development who really gave me good advice and totally gave me their opinions. And without that, I would not have been where I am right now. Definitely. Gotcha. So pre-orders are open. Uh, it's twenty-five dollars. Is that the final price when it comes out? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the plan to have that as the final price. Um, if anything changes, I mean, you know, maybe I'll do something crazy like run a sale, like Card Against Vanity does during every holiday, yep. where they raise the prices of their game. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what they did this year? Uh, with the uh. Yeah. It was, uh, you get your box, your very own box of, uh, BS. Oh, yes, 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 yeah, <laughs> that, that, you know, the thing is, I wonder how many people thought something else was going to come out of that. Uh, I mean, based on their track record, I figured that they were definitely going to do that. They weren't going to do something else, like, you know, hide a secret card or something. They were just going to send you a box of BS, that, which I think is funny, it's, it's impressive, and it's crazy that a lot of people just will just go ahead and buy that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I... Like, I had so many mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I was like, that's that's kind of kind of mean of them. But at the yeah. same time, it's it's a really funny prank. Yeah, and then they're, yeah, also, they're also donating all the money to charity. Well, most of it, so... That's, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's also really, really cool. That's something that... I could definitely appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, no, all your games are different, and that's that's what I really like about it. Um, like, do you, what's what's your thought process when you come up with a new game, or do they just strike you every once in a while? I think, um, I'm not going to lie, I think my best game ideas happen when I'm in on some mode of transportation. For example, a bus or a train or somewhere. Um, which doesn't mean, you know, I, I don't try to come up with games somewhere else, but... I really, for some reason, I feel like when I'm in motion, that's when I have ideas that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, part of my life philosophy, I guess, you know, is I try to do things that are completely different from game development. And, you know, a lot of game development requires you to sit down in a chair in front of a screen. And I try and do things without doing that just so, you know, I get a fresh perspective on life. So, um... And even though, even though traveling is, you know, I can be sitting down still, I'm still in motion in some way. So, I have no real eloquent thought process on how I come up with a game or whatever. It's just whatever seems interesting, and then if I get expanded upon whatever it is, then I move on with it. Gotcha. All right, I just added Mike to the call. Uh, Mike's an old indie indie function, indie, indie radio co-host. Yeah. Uh. Can't even keep our names. Hopefully sorry. my mic is working. Oh yeah, nice and loud. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so he. I have a reason for being late. My girlfriend actually just got me a complete box copy of Conquer's Bad Fur Day for Christmas, so oh, I'm nice. kind of shaking a little bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Mike, we were just talking about. Uh, uh, Sean's game. These French fries are terrible hot dogs. Uh, it's it's a card <laughs> game. Uh, I, I think you heard of it, right? Yes. yes yeah. I've heard of 
Yeah. Uh, and then he he was saying that uh, his best ideas come when he's on a mode of transportation. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, as a music guy, I just did music for your game, actually. Uh, doing anything, like, other than trying to come up with an idea is the best way to come up with an idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Especially sleeping, which is a big problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw a game uh, in my mind uh, while I was sleeping. It, it was in a dream, and, like, this this person handed me a tablet and there was an entire game on it and like I watched this game be played and I woke up and I was like this is a great idea and then the next day when I went to go work on it I was like this is a terrible idea. <laughs> now I'm looking at the Kickstarter page right now and I'm not exactly certain but uh, are you going to be bringing this to PAX East because I feel like this would do so well there. It was at Paxi's lab this really? year. Yeah. Crazy. You know, I was there. I should have probably looked. <laughs> yeah. Don't necessarily remember everything I saw, but yeah, no, I'm just I'm looking at this and it looks like it would be like perfect for that kind of a setting, definitely. I mean, I might, I will probably show up to Paxi's and I'll have it with me definitely. I always have at least one copy on me, so maybe I'll find a spot and anyway, just set up the game somewhere. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I mean, once you get this in people's hands, it's it's going to sell itself, basically. <laughs> I, so. I really want people to play. Yeah. yeah, that's the biggest thing about these kind of projects. It's uh, it, Especially when it's a smaller team, it's really about wanting to get it out there more than it is even about like the funding of the project or anything like that. It's about the, the idea and the dream behind it more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And the card games are... Well, physical games are, you know, they're interesting when trying to put them out there. Um, you know, of course, they're different than digital games. And a lot of the, a lot of the funds that you raise on Kickstarter for the game will go right to the actual production of the game. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, you know, but it's interesting though because uh, I mean, obviously, most of my experience is in indie games, which mm -hmm. can be downloaded so easily, but you can't really I was, I was thinking, like, even, yeah, like, with, um, with the digital games, typically, uh, th more money means that they can work on it longer, because they can sustain themselves, but more, the, the money's going into the project instead of, like, into your pocket to pay bills, from yeah. what it sounds like, yeah. That was uh, just another... Both equally difficult to, <laughs> uh, live off of in that way. <laughs> Definitely not an easy thing to do. Uh, but I'm sure the passion is absolutely the same between the two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, there have been a couple people here in Philly that have ran uh, Kickstarters for for digital games, and, you know, and they've succeeded, actually. I'm pretty sure everybody I could think of in Philly ran a Kickstarter succeeded, which is pretty cool. Hmm. What, what are some of their Kickstarters? So, um, there was... Cypher Prime, they ran a Kickstarter for uh, Auditorium <gasps> Duet. Right, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, there was um, Quadratron, they ran a game for a uh, Kickstarter for a game called Monsters. Um, Dumb and Fat ran a game for Phantasmagoria. Um, <laughs> there are, uh, and then there are some upcoming ones that are happening soon, which I guess I shouldn't talk too much about 
but there were some really good games. Um, and you know, I'll I'll tweet them and stuff when they when they have a Kickstarter. But they're they're coming. They're coming, and they're they're all of them look like a real product. It's it's funny. Uh, you bring up dumb and fat games. Do you know Greg? <laughs> yeah, you can you can feel that, it. That's actually pretty mind blowing because I actually know him pretty well too. Not obviously on a really close level, but I actually uh, I knew him since he was starting up. So it's pretty crazy the people that everybody's connected in this whole thing. Yeah. I I originally met him on Game Jewel four or five years ago, and like yeah, he was on Radio a lot too. Oh right, there. yeah, and then he Same. he went on his bike ride earlier this year, and we we finally got to meet up, and it was like whoa, we've known each other for <laughs> five years. <laughs> it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat that this whole I mean, a lot of us in Philly are getting out there, and a lot of us actually know a lot of people, and it's crazy how many people we actually know. And then we meet people and say, oh, you know that guy? And yeah, I know that guy. And everyone's a big friendly family, which is fun. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. It, no, totally. Because, I mean, you could argue that, like, having most of this take place over the internet, there's less face-to-face stuff. But it's funny because I feel like it's the exact opposite of that, really. Like, everybody knows everybody. And everybody's really uh, nice to each other, honestly. It, it's a really, really great environment to work with. Yeah, that's the thing. We're, we're all helping each other succeed. And, you know... Helping someone succeed doesn't mean you're going to fail. So there's no real incentive for you to to not help. I mean, there's more of an incentive for you to help somebody out as opposed to not. So it's really, really something special. Yeah, if they make it big, then they get to help you out back. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, no, when I went out to IndieCade uh, back in October, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it feels so much longer. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was mind blowing. It was the first time I had ever gone to a gaming convention. I I don't travel, so like, really? so it it was just mind blowing that everybody was. You could just go up to anybody you wanted to and just, hey, what's up, and start talking yeah. about whatever. Totally, totally, I totally get it. My only experience like that where, and I, I wouldn't say it's the same thing because obviously PAX is more than just indie games, but I was waiting in line to play Pikmin Three at PAX with my cousin, because my cousin and I uh, grew up playing Pikmin, and somebody behind us was like, no, oh, you're kind of some mine. We were, like, waiting for hours, and they were trying to... That's the only negative experience, I think, ever at any gaming-type convention that I could come up with, and that's pretty insane, because those things <laughs> can get a little bit crazy sometimes. Yeah, game conventions are interesting. <laughs> there are a lot of interesting characters. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Indicate is definitely... Um, Probably one of my favorite events of the year. Um, and now that I'm having, I haven't been to Indicate East. No, I haven't. So, Indicate East happens at um, the Museum of Moving Image, and it's mm-hmm. in Queens. Um, and it's, I mean, it's also equally as great. I, I love it. Um, and, I mean, I don't know, you should check it out if you can be in the area. It's on Valentine's Day weekend, mm-hmm. which is the only problem. Yeah. But, um, it's still something really great. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll have the funds for it. Uh, February doesn't seem like a, a good month for me. <laughs> um, with moving right now, I'm oh, yeah, going to be yeah. getting back up on my feet for a while. Uh, but Yeah, but I, I mean, that. It's, it's just it's a very cool uh, thing to meet up with people. Especially, I mean, even Brett now, like, there was a long period of time where it's like, you don't talk to these people, but then out of nowhere, they're just back, and it's like back to business again, and <laughs> I feel like that doesn't happen in, in uh, all fields of work, so it's just, it's a very, very cool thing, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, tabletop type games and things like that are very similar, but uh, I, I imagine it's basically the same thing in that world. To be honest, I haven't been to too many tabletop game conventions, or... Um events. Um, I've really only been to the PAXs. I mean, I know there's some. There's a big one called Gen Con, um, which I haven't been to yet. I would like to go to, but it's a week long, and let's see if I can find time to go. Um, but I'm pretty sure it, it's pretty similar. Everyone's super friendly, and everyone's trying to help each other out. Yeah, yeah. Totally see that. Man, this, just, just to throw this out there, 
everything related to this, uh, the, 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 these contrast channel models, everything related to that art style wise looks awesome. Just put that out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> second, right. this is one of the first times I've seen it, but it's just, it's really cool looking. All that was done by um, Will Stallwood. He, uh, he co-founded <laughs> Sector Prime. Will worked on it. I, I met him on the bike ride, or when when him and Greg oh, were yeah. biking down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, um, what a small world. <laughs> I, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, we were hanging out at um at the co-working space in Philly um, during a dev night, our weekly meetups, and um, he saw... I had some temporary art for the game, which I wasn't going to keep, but it was just so I could have the cards printed on, you know, on a test deck. And um, he told me that it was awful. And he told me I should be ashamed of myself, <laughs> and and then he made that for me, which turned out really, really good. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, Will's working on starting up, I believe it's Cypher Prime, right? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been around for five, six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was saying something like they're trying to make it bigger or, or something like that. Do you do you know what that's all about? Um, did you mention you mean the game for to co-working space? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, so um, so Cypher Prime had their studio space, and there was a another larger office side, um, to the connected, and there was a, a wall separating it, but um, you could get into another door, and that belonged to a group called Drink Philly, I believe, but they left the spot, so Cypher Prime knocked down a wall, and they bought the space <laughs> over there. Um, and then a couple more studios moved in. Uh, one studio called Flyclops moved in. They worked on a great um, mobile dominoes game. And then Final Form Games moved in. They worked on Jamestown. Um, okay. And and then some more people moved in. Uh, group called Quantitron moved in. And then um, the Grimm Brothers moved in. Um, and now it's a co-working space. And every Thursday we all go there. We have our game development meetup. And we've been really consistent meeting up pretty much every Thursday unless, you know, something crazy happens, like, like it's a winter storm, or maybe during the holiday season, since Christmas and New Year's are both on a Thursday, things might be light, but I'm sure people will still be there. But, um, yeah, it's a game for it, so it's a co-working space, and there's talk about expanding it and making things uh, bigger, which would be awesome, because we have a pretty consistent um, attendance rate basically every Thursday, and we have new people show up all the time, and they so they're great projects and great work, and it's really, really growing and becoming something special. Mm -hmm. Wow, I mean, it's, you know, I gotta say, uh, thinking of that, it's just, a, it's such a great idea because working with other people is honestly, in my opinion, from experience, the easiest way to be motivated to work on something oh, yeah. is just to find somebody else. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if Brett has talked about this yet, but we just finished up our Ludum Dare game, and I feel like <laughs> even though even though we weren't even really working on it concurrently and I wasn't really looking at everything that everybody else was doing, when it all came together, the vision really pulled through and it all fit perfectly without even, like, coordinating it. It was just, I don't know, like, working with others in this kind of environment and what you're describing just sounds, like, perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's definitely great. I mean, so in the game for it, you can become, you know, uh, member of the space and actually have a desk but you know of course that costs whatever a month but on thursdays if you um you know if you show up you can still get a lot of great advice and great help i mean this is on past thursday someone helped me out with the title screen of mine for a new project i'm working on um and it came out 10 times better than if i were would have worked on it on my own so yeah these co-working spaces are just having a community of people is something essential i think to making a game so yeah no totally so can you tell us anything about this this new project, or is it all, all under wraps right now? And I can keep it under wraps for now because I'm still not sure exactly the final details, but um, when I have more information, I'll share it. I just don't want it to say what it is and then have it change completely and then have people expect something and then you know, turn out to be something else. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> We're releasing a gold game! No, just kidding, it's red. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the Philly space, 
Uh, seems really cool. Um, I, I didn't really remember what Will said because you know, he's just kind of briefly mentioned it. But yeah, that's that's really great. And how many people did you say uh, attend on average? Oh, well, on Thursdays, um, we have a consistent, I think there's a consistent 20, 25 people who show up. Um, and then there are new people. This last Thursday, there were a lot of new people, maybe 10, 15 new people. Um, and there's at, there's at least 25 people who show up consistently. And, and at nights when we have special events, there's a lot more. It's, uh, this past Friday, we actually had a, a holiday social where, you know, the entrance fee was an unwrapped toy, which we, which donated to CHOP, um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in the area, in the area. Um, and that, those, there were a lot of people there. I didn't get a full count, but there were a lot, a lot of people. Probably because we had a snack stand, food, and I think. <laughs> free um, food. Yeah, there was free food. There was music, um, and then there were games being played um, in rotation. For example, one game would be on a projector for an hour, then it would swap out for another one. But that, that was really good. Although, apparently, a lot of people got sick afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, uh -oh. but, yeah, I guess, I guess it happens. Now, crazy out-of-the-blue question here. You had a band jam, and as a music person, I need to hear something about <laughs> your musical process or anything like that. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know how I, I am with music. I mean, I, I try to make music. I, I guess I do. I actually work on music for a friend's game, which uh, actually got greenlit on Steam. So uh, I'm going to be reworking the soundtrack to try and make it better, pretty much. Um, but uh, for most of my music, music, I use a Reason, actually. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you use? I uh, I actually am super, super big into analog stuff, so I'll actually hire, like, not hire, but I'll rent uh, instruments and stuff and just straight up do them with real instruments and stuff. I'm doing orchestrated stuff right now for uh, a couple of projects. Cool. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's really great for the, because I love to do it for the indie community, because honestly, there's, I, I love orchestrated soundtracks, but there's just, it's yeah. difficult for them to do that, because it's such a big undertaking, but uh, through a mixture of, like, real instruments and uh, synthetic stuff, uh, synthesized yeah. stuff, it's, uh, I'm trying to sort of broaden it a little bit, but I just love looking into the, uh, the music that, because it's funny, I feel like so many people who make... Uh, make projects like this and make games and work on all these projects also have a musical side to them. It's, it's probably just something in the brain or something, but it's really good stuff, too. I've been listening to it. The Desperate Journey. Yeah. The Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's the, the game is Monsters. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been I always like to try and make music um, and you know, try to teach myself different instruments. You know, I was in marching band in high school and, mm -hmm. and friends would, uh, we would all play uh, random instruments Everyone had their dream of becoming a famous musician for a while. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, I would actually travel with some of my friends. We is the best trip we ever took was uh, we drove from North Jersey to New Hampshire, um, and it was a great trip, but it was also horrible because we slept in the car a lot. When we had oh, the yeah. option, we had the options to sleep at someone's place, but we did it for some reason. We all slept in the car on the side of the road. <laughs> um, that was one of the worst decisions. The full experience, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I hated everyone after that for a while. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you move your leg out of the back seat. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, music is, is definitely great. And, I mean, there's some really, really great musicians, actually, that show up to to our meetups. Um, and they just do music. For example, I have uh, two friends. Uh, one is uh, one thing, Rob, and one is Woody. And they've actually worked on music for Hanker to Escaper, and um, I actually want to try and get as many friends as possible to work on music for the game, because I just think it's fun to collaborate and do a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't hear too much uh, sound with uh, Hanker to Escaper and Indicate, but that's probably because we were in an outdoor environment and there was noise everywhere. Yeah. Um, so what what exactly are the sounds like for like that? So, um, you know, either basic sound effects or when you start the game and you everyone lobbies in. But when the game starts, um, there's a drum track that plays, and then as a team gets closer to winning, 
an additional drum track comes in and layers on top of that. So the music gets a bit more intense. And additionally, the music speeds up, so the tempo gets faster and faster. So there's some audio cues that let you know when someone is winning, someone's about to win, someone's taking the lead. For example, let's say red, red team is winning, and then blue takes over, you'll hear a voice shout out blue, and now everyone knows blue is in the lead. Which um, also makes for some funny gameplay, because when you hear a color gets shout out, everyone goes after that one color. So uh, it's that that's one of the funny parts of the game. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of music. I do want to have a lot of music things in the game, so you know, music gets crazier as you play, and I actually want all most of the soundtrack to be drums, just just percussion, because it, it becomes a weird sort of, um, I mean, just watching the game, and it could be almost like a brawl, but the drums would add to the intensity. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's, uh, it's almost like in a lot of the scenarios where you'll be playing these kind of games, like sort of multiplayer, even like mostly local games, the, the music will sort of just be a background thing over the yelling of the people <laughs> to each other. So yeah. having like, really loud percussion and stuff like that, it really adds to the atmosphere. I mean, you hook that up to some speakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. You gotta yell thing. over it. My, yeah. my, actually, oh, sorry, I was say, my, my goal for the game is, um, so, you know, you have different scenes of red, blue, green, or whatever. Um, what I want to do is have the game set up and hook up to lights. So whenever a team takes the lead, the lights just change the color of the team that's in the lead, and you know nice. it just becomes a, you know everything becomes red, everything becomes blue or green, and that would just be it'd be great for you know a display or you know a presentation of, mm-hmm. in an arena. That would be awesome. Yeah, I could totally see a dark room and like all of a sudden, boom, red. Yeah, red team. <laughs> no, but it's uh. Obviously, all right, tie it all full circle here. It's funny that you bring all that up because the company that started that basically obviously is rare. I mean, it, I, and I was uh, I was playing, the reason I, I said earlier, I got a copy of Conkers today, mm-hmm. but uh, I was play, I was just playing Banjo-Kazooie the whole way through, and then uh, one of the guys I'm working with, Ted uh, Lauderback, was like, I want to do music like that. We should totally do music that changes along with the game, and I'm like, Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so it's it's funny because that's something that I think should sort of be a staple by now because we have the technology to do it. So mm-hmm. it's just great that people are focusing on it, especially with games that would definitely benefit from it. Because what you're saying sounds awesome. Oh yeah, I mean I think music games or games is heavily having music change notes in the game. Yeah, they're just great. Um, I mean, I do have to mention, uh, have you played Don't Have Sebastian Joust? No, I haven't yeah, gotten a I chance yet. I, I okay, well, yeah, Joust is, um, well, it's probably the game definitely the biggest inspiration on my game, um, because it also uses PlayStation Move controllers, um, and music is definitely a big part of the game, because when the music moves quickly, um, the controllers are much less sen- are less sensitive, so you're allowed to move faster. The point of the game is basically to protect your move controller while trying to jostle someone else's, but um, when you have to move to the, to the music, basically. So if the music goes slow, you have to move slowly because controls are really sensitive and it's easier for you to be knocked out. But um, yeah, music is a really, really big in that game, too. So um, in a game like that, or my Hangers Caper, since... The screen isn't absolutely paramount to the to the game, and it takes place more in the physical space. Um, I feel like it's key to have music or really big musical elements in the game. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Totally agree. It's also All really nice that yeah. you're <laughs> that you're doing uh, physical feedback too, like uh, with the with the controllers vibrating. Oh yeah, yeah, it's physical feedback, and and there's some visual with the lights of oh, the controllers lighting up really mm-hmm. bright when you're correct. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting with the the move because especially the PlayStation Move. I just there's so much potential there, and I feel like <laughs> the indies, the independent people are. Oh, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, I think. Party type setting. Yeah, I'm still here. All right, sweet. Yeah, it cut out there. Uh, can you repeat that, Mike? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying about uh, 
how it seems like not even Sony can use the move in a way that all these independent people can use it. It's just awesome that they're mm -hmm. taking advantage of the hardware. Yeah, I I think part of that is just because Sony, like, all the people working there are kind of under the same culture, so to say. And then people that are independents, like, they don't... They Yes, they belong to independent culture, but they, they each exist in their own little world, so to say. And you just get a lot of different outlooks on things. Especially if, you, if you're talking about, like, independents from the West Coast versus the East Coast versus uh, another country... You know, you get all sorts of different stuff. Very cool. Yeah, yeah and it's not that it's not that difficult uh, once you get everything hooked up to uh, actually try and work on a project. I mean, like it's the difficult thing is finding a way to make the controllers relevant and not just be something that you throw in. For example, you know, don't just have a part of the game where you just shake it just because <laughs> it's a motion controller. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was a, probably one of the problems with a lot of Wii games, you know, you just, you shake it just because you can, and it's something to do with the controllers. There mm -hmm. weren't really any great um, practical uses for it, or at least for some people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The Wii is, uh, honestly, I always defend it, and especially Skyward Sword, because mm -hmm. I like to point out, like, it's, the, it's one of the first games that attempted this. I mean, you can't expect it to be perfect. Yeah. But a lot of the Wii's problem, and the reason that I think it will go down in history a lot differently than most Nintendo consoles, is just it wasn't necessarily powerful enough where it needed to be for the peripheral to make sense in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of fault sometimes I feel like might just wind up on... Well, I mean, I don't know, I can't say that. I know it is too. Yeah, developers, yeah, I mean, it, people feel like they can only use it for one thing, and then maybe, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how it was on, on the Nintendo side and their conversation with developers, I don't know what they wanted them to do. For example, I don't know if they had to put in a certain motion control or whatever into the game. Um, I don't know, a lot of communication probably that could have been fixed or resolved, which caused a problem. Yeah, I, I, I guess it could have been anything, really. Yeah, well, but I, I mean, at least there's a second chance with the Wii U now, and um, you can still use the, the Wii, Wii remote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh my God, don't even get me started with Wii U. I would, <laughs> I would defend, I would defend that thing if it, I don't know, did something awful. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have a console yet. I really like it. And, you know, I need to get it for Smash Bros. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, just finished playing Smash Bros. Man. <laughs> As I, I don't have a 3DS, so every time I see a group of people get together, 3DS and Smash Brothers, I get horribly jealous, and then yeah. I try and play, and I'm awful because um, I just haven't played in a while, but I really can't wait to play it on, on a console. Yeah, dangerous controllers. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really... I mean, that, that right now I feel like that's what my brain is just, you know, mapped out to, and... And I, I guess you can change the control setup on the 3DS. Um, and I tried that house, it's still really bad. But yeah, I feel like I'll be, yeah, I think I'll be more comfortable once I get a GameCube controller in my hand. And I hate to say that because I don't want to blame my. You don't want to blame the controller on yeah. your performance. But yeah. honestly, no, I totally. I have I have over like 80 hours in the 3DS version, and it's just. It's not the same. Like, I would always <laughs> rather play it on the Wii U, obviously, but. Like, it's, it's funny because trying to bring it full circle here, controls are, especially for the type of game that we were talking about earlier with the move, it's such a vital thing that the controls make sense to people, even yeah. if they're different, if they make sense, it means nothing. It's just, you put it in their hand and they know what to do. Yeah. But, it, it's, I think that, in my opinion, is the hardest part of making a game like that because it's really all about will they be able to pick this up and play it right away? So that must be very difficult for the developers and yourself, obviously. Yeah, it, the, the difficult thing, well, the, the most difficult thing for me, I think, was trying to make a game that wasn't, you know, Hanson Master Joust, the other, I mean, the game. Well, I don't think Joust is a game. I think Joust is basically a, uh, it's a way of life. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, I really like that game. I really, really like it. And any chance I get, anytime I get a chance to play, I will play it. Um, uh, it's just that good. Nice. And actually, um, I think Pantheon, um, well, the whole package of Sports Friends came out recently on Steam. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, so. Really? Yeah, yeah, there's some really good games in that group. So, uh, yes, there are local local. Yeah, there are a bunch of local multiplayer games, and they're great. They're really, really great. So, have have you worked with any other motion controllers? I know at Indicate there was the Elite Motion, and I actually got my hands on that. And uh, Have you worked with any others? I worked on it for a bit. Uh, there was an Elite Motion game jam, which I failed at miserably. Um, <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that was a that I worked on working with that, but that was really it. I haven't worked with um haven't had a chance to work with the weird mode or the connect or anything. So I really do want to work with the connect. Yeah, um bringing that up. Oh god, I'm gonna sound like a jerk here, but I have a connect here as well. And uh, the the uh, the connect is definitely underutilized, I think. A lot of people were bashing uh Connect Sports Rivals, the rare game. Oh my god, rare again. Anyway, um, <laughs> they were bashing it because it, it wasn't like always perfect or anything, but I think pretending that you're on a jet ski and moving your arms as if you're on <laughs> a jet ski is something that definitely needs to be capitalized on a little bit by a developer that can take the full advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, these games do have potential. They just need to be interesting. They can't be shoehorned in. And they, they, and you know, you can't just make a game with motion for the sake of motion. It needs to. And as you say yeah. that, I'm thinking, rise, set a row. Why would I want to scream out commands to the people when I could press a button to do it? Yeah. And that's the kind of thing. Like you have to make it so that it makes sense in terms of actual gameplay. Yeah. 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 And yeah. oh, sorry. You go. No, I would say I haven't played uh, the Rise on a Row game. Is it? It is almost literally uh, quick time events the whole time, and then all you're doing with the connect is yelling like charge <laughs> forward or something like that, and it like registers half the time and things like that. It's just <sighs> oh man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> it's basically a microphone. It doesn't work all the time. <laughs> Am I am I connected? Test one, two. Um, so back in the day, I had a PlayStation <laughs> iToy. Really? Yeah. Did you? I actually had one. I don't know if anybody really had one. <laughs> I wanted one so badly, and I got it for my birthday, and I was like, oh yeah. There was a, uh, Sega made a game for that that was actually really cool, and I wish that more people would do that, where it made, like, pretty decent sense. Like, they made a virtual fighter-type uh, game where, literally, if you were moving and you made contact, it counted as a hit. So it wasn't too precise where it wouldn't always mm -hmm. work, but it was just precise enough where it felt like you were punching people in the face, and it was awesome. <laughs> I still, I actually have that hooked up, actually, right now, so <laughs> I don't, it's crazy, you guys gave that kind of stuff that's totally relevant, but it's, that's the kind of thing that, uh, I think is happening now with things like sports friends and, uh, all the games that we're talking about, it's just, it needs to, it needs to make sense for the game before you can put, yep. like, much and stuff into it. Yeah, I haven't been able to play mine in years because every every like room that I've been in in the last few years is too dimly lit for the eye toy to yeah. even really work. It's like, ah, oh, come on. Um, but the original reason why I brought it up was there's this game Antigrav for it. That's it, you you play as this guy on a virtual ho hovercraft, and um, the the thing is like the eye toy doesn't track your feet; it tracks your face. Um, if you turn your head to the side, it doesn't even know where your face is anymore. And then it also tracks your hands. So they, they created this really cool system with it, where if you put your hands straight out, your guy stops. Um, you can you can duck, you can move your head up really high, or technically jump, and your guy jumps on there. But um, they were really limited with that. So what they did was they, they took the restrictions, and I think this is part 
part of the problem too with the with the connect is like it's so open there are no restrictions that like you can do anything so the there's a lot of possibilities restrictions sometimes you know uh helps you with creativity Mm -hmm. so there's these rings and um they're on both sides of you and uh they can be either um right or directly right directly left or left or right and then up a bit or down a bit i think there's five different uh levels um of these things and you have to move your arms and make sure that you you hit them and then if you hit a string of them you get a score multiplier some of them unlock different rails that you can grind on um uh there's also speed boost ones that if you hit five of them in a row you get a speed boost or or you get launched up off of a, a launch pad and like it's really not linear uh in the path that you can take there's like 20 different routes on each stage but yeah i i really liked how they were able to take such an early iteration of the um, of the motion tracking uh, hardware, I guess, um, yeah. and make such a like conce- concisive whole game that's fun and doesn't feel too weird. So yeah. Yeah. That's what I should look that up. <laughs> yeah. No, I. God, I'd actually heard of that, and I remember searching for it, but could not find it anywhere. Back in the day, back when the iPhone was still relevant. But, uh, yeah, definitely not relevant anymore. But, um, it's just, you know, you say that, and I think about things like, I don't know if either of you, you probably played Castlevania 3 at some point. But, uh, it's, it's just, I look at that game, and obviously I don't know if you played it, but there's a part with Gears, and this was on the NES. Mm-hmm. And they had the gears, they had to make them look like they were rotating, so they added a little bit of shading to it, so that you could tell that it was moving. But at the time, that was a, like a new idea, and since the graphics were so basic, the idea of shading, basically, for that type of game, came from the limitation that they needed to make it look like it was turning a little bit more, so that people could tell. So, limitations are almost part of designing a game, and in a world where... Game consoles are essentially PCs that might be great for porting things, but in terms of the limitations that you have to work with, it's not so great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, conversation just totally went dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I do, I do agree. I wasn't sure what else I could add to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know what to add either. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's on you. Uh, no, uh, so we've been going on an hour. Um, so do you guys want to continue talking for a little bit, or do you want to wrap this up? What, what, it's up to you, Sean. Oh, uh, well, I have, uh, this was the only thing that I had planned for today. I mean, I, I think I have to get a Christmas gift, but that's later on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's from last-minute Christmas shopping. Well, we can sort of... Work on both. We can wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's 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 wrap it up talking about Christmas. What's what's everybody's plans? Uh, you go first, then. <laughs> Me? Uh, no, Sean. Oh, Sean. Oh, okay. Uh, my plan. Oh, nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> my Christmas plans are always very very light. It involves me sleeping in late and then going to bed early. I'm a very boring person. <laughs> It sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> All right, well, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, my Christmas plans, most basic here, is uh, working on finishing up the soundtrack for a project that may or may not be done by Ted Lauderback, that may or may not be Bullet Romancer. <laughs> um, i got to finish up some work on that because I've been stalling big time. And I'm really psyched to just play uh, some Mario Kart and Smash Bros. with my family, because everybody loves that, and to hopefully do some type of game jam, because it has been way too long since I've actually programmed something, so that would be nice. What was the last game jam you could party? Well, aside from uh, Ludum there, with Brad, oh, yeah. doing uh, the, the 31st one, uh, doing just music, I think the last... The last jam I took place in was probably the last Ludum Dare, actually. 
And, um, but the last game I worked on was this really depressing uh, Zelda-esque game that I made in like 24 hours. I set my own restrictions on myself, and it's a little messed up, but it's art, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, it's been way too long. All right, so oh, there's I... also Global oh. Game Jam that's coming up soon. All right, oh, right. Yeah. I actually have to bookmark that right now. <laughs> yeah, let me let me write that down somewhere. Um, so the thing begins as PAX Out and Magfest, which um, I don't know if you've either been to either. Um, well, no, PAX Out, no, because it's the first one. But Magfest is uh, really cool. It's in uh, yeah. the National Harbor in... Um, in Maryland? Yeah, in Maryland. It's a, it, it's neat. It's really neat. And it, it all takes place in a hotel slash convention center. And it's 24, it's a 24 hour event. So it's going to be from Thursday to Monday, I believe. Just, or Friday to Monday? I forget. But it's just nonstop. And there's an arcade that's open all the time. And they have some really wild games in there. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's really good. And you know, have you seen, um, there's this game where you play on the drums. Um, I forgot the name of the drums, but you're just, Smashing drums. It's it is not you know guitar here or anything like that, but it's really <laughs> funny um, to see people at uh, you know four in the morning morning playing these ridiculous games. <laughs> no, uh, I've I've heard of Magfest, but I have to definitely look into it a little bit more because I'm I'm a collector of retro games. Like that's my main thing in games that I do. So I mean, I just love to see all the vendors there, honestly, <laughs> and, and help people out and get a couple of the devils and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, a lot of vendors there. I mean, arcade, the arcade sounds awesome. Like, I would love that. I would love to just stand at a Mortal Kombat machine and play against something like <laughs> that. That needs oh, to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, but that's bad. That's, that'll definitely happen if you go to my Nice. And uh, about PAX, I, I go to East. I definitely, it would be yeah. difficult for me to get myself anywhere other than East because I've got to yeah. drive wherever I'm going. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, PAX is always great, so everyone go to PAX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have yet to make it out there. You gotta, you gotta go to East uh, in March. You like have to, unfortunately. March, March. <laughs> no, I'll see if I'll see if my expenses are. I've literally got a van of seven people, and we're just gonna drive three hours to Boston and do it. Sweet, yeah, maybe I'll just fly out to your place and then. <laughs> crash, crash with your van. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's it's gonna be great. Pax is always a good time. What are your Christmas plans, though, man? Oh, so um, I'm in the process of moving. That's uh, okay. what I'm gonna be continuing after after this broadcast. I'm gonna pack up some more stuff and bring yeah. it to the UPS store. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm moving back to Minnesota, and I'm staying with my uh, parents for a while. Uh, and then um, I'm going to go to, I think, three different Christmas parties or something over the course of a week or two. Oh, wow. Um, grandparents and all that. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just going to be great. I haven't seen my family since uh, June, so oh, boy. It'll, it'll be great to be back with them. It's the time of year to do it all. <laughs> it's going to be like that sounds like the best one so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm flying in on Monday, so. Oh. Only two more days. Oh. Well, hey, it sounds like everybody has a good beginning to next year plan and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully next year turns out as well for you, Sean, as it has this year, because this seems to be pretty great so far. Yeah, it's been an interesting... <laughs> Interesting year, yeah, and I mean, if 2015 goes as planned, which it won't, um, it <laughs> it'll also be kind of fun. Well, it's those kind of things that keep you interested in what you're doing, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, definitely. I mean, there are some things I do have lined up that may be really fun. Um, but, and then, you know, there'll be more things that come up, hopefully. So, as long as the things I've planned go somewhat according to plan will be it'll be a good year. Perfect. Yeah. Alright, so we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, you can follow Sean on Twitter. It's uh, at Sean Pierre. Uh, 
he also has his uh, group, uh, Origami. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's like, I know how to pronounce it, but I don't think my tongue's going to move that way. So, uh, originally, it was supposed to be Original Games Incorporated, but then I just mushed it all together, and then now it became that. Oh. Um, that, was, yeah, that was the initial plan. And then, I don't know, I thought it was just more interesting to have it as something like that. Yeah. It, original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, give him a follow. Uh... They also have a website and check out check out his games. If you're at PAX East, look for the tinfoil tent and uh, <laughs> you'll find Sean. Uh, we we wish everybody happy holidays, happy new year, all that all that great jazz. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening in to broadcast number fifty one of Indie Radio. This broadcast is broadcasted live within a thousand mics and was recorded using Adosity. Thank you again for listening and have a fantastic weekend.